1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms. In Christ Jesus, the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I am taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. May be seated. Today's message is about Jesus, who is the greatest goal setter who ever lived. One of our launching scriptures has been Ephesians 3, beginning in verse 20. The Apostle Paul writes, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So as we've been learning, our Heavenly Father, He is able to do immeasurably more. That's true. But what if we take no action? What if we don't do anything? What if we demonstrate no initiative in our own lives? Will God really do it all for us? And of course, the answer is no. Faith and setting goals. We could say it this way. Faith and taking action are not contrary ideas. We do all that we can do in the natural, and then we believe God. We do all that we can do in the natural, and then we believe God to do what we cannot do. We do all that we can do in the natural, and then we believe God for the supernatural. You know, that's part of what's going on. We, we have to do our part. You got to take care of yourself. Amen. Amen. You know, praise God for pie and Christmas cookies, but you can't do that every day of the year. So we have to do our part, and then we believe God to do what we cannot do. But we cannot let ourselves off the hook from taking the action we know we need to take. And so here at Faith Christian Center, we're action takers. We're doers of the Word of God. We're tithers. And so we are partners together with God. Today's message is about Jesus, who is and who will forever be the greatest goal setter who ever lived. No one in history set more goals and achieved all of his goals than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. By the Holy Spirit, he moved upon the prophets of old to prophesy about his life and ministry. Being God and being perfect, all of those prophecies had to come to pass. And unlike you and me, with the Messiah, there was no room for error 
and there was no room for excuse making. We all know Hebrews 11. It's the faith chapter, the faith hall of fame. But look at how Hebrews 12 begins after rehearsing the faith exploits of the Old Testament saints. Hebrews 12, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. So keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't grow weary. Don't lose heart. Just keep taking action day after day after day. Everything prophesied about Jesus had to come to pass. For example, in Micah 5 and verse 2, Micah prophesied that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. And in Matthew 2 and verse 1, Luke 2 and verse 4, and John 7 and verse 42, Jesus fulfilled this prophecy and met the goal set before him. Matthew 2 and verse 1 says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi or wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Now, how did he do that? What part did Jesus play in where he was born? Well, this is the power of what we preach and teach at Faith Christian Center. Jesus worked together with Father God, just like we do. He worked together in connection with Father God. There were things that he could not have done without the help of his Father, just like there are things that you and I cannot do without the help of Father God. Say, Father God is my partner. Say, I'm a partner together with God. And that's how you have to see yourself when you go to work this week. You got time off. The next day you go to work that you're not just going to work by yourself, that you have the greater one living in the inside of you. And you're going to work with God and he's helping you and assisting you and the Holy Spirit is giving you ideas. And at whatever you do, whether you're by yourself somewhere in a cubicle, no one else is there, or whether you're surrounded by a bunch of people, you're blessed, you're protected, and no weapon formed against you will prosper wherever you are, whatever you do. We see another example in Genesis 3 and verse 15, where God himself prophesied that Jesus would be born of the seed of woman. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. And in Matthew 1 and verse 18, Jesus fulfilled this prophecy. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Again, Jesus worked together with Father God, just like we do. He worked in connection with Father God. There were things he could not have done without his father just like there are things that you and I cannot do without the help of Father God. In Genesis 12 and verse 3, God prophesied that Jesus would be born 
of the seed of Abraham. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And in Matthew 1, verses 1 through 16, we see Jesus fulfilled this prophecy. He met the goal. He met the goal set before him. He was born in the lineage of Abraham. He was the seed of Abraham. Again, he worked together with Father God. Say, Father God is my partner. Say, I'm not alone. Say, I'm not on my own. Say, the living God is my partner. And you got to believe it and talk like it and act like it and live like it. In Genesis 12 and verse 3, God promised that all nations would be blessed by Abraham's seed. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And that's what we see in the four Gospels. Over the course of the four Gospels, Jesus ministered to Roman soldiers, to Greeks, to Syrophoenicians, to Samaritans, and every person imaginable from many different ethnic and racial backgrounds. He ministered to all those who were present in his day in the area that he lived and ministered in. Even in his day, all nations were blessed through him. To say nothing of how he has been a blessing to all nations ever since. Jesus chose to be a blessing. He chose to be a blessing to all nations. He chose to be a blessing to all the people he came across. In Genesis 22 and verse 8, Abraham prophesied that God himself would provide a lamb as a sin offering. Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. And in John 1 and verse 29, it says that John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Again, he worked, Jesus worked together with Father God, just like you and I must. He worked in connection to Father God. There were things that he could not do without the help of his father. Just like there are things you and I cannot do without the help of Father God. Say, my heavenly Father, he is my source, he is my provider, he is my ever-present help. So I look to him, and I give him the credit. Well, we're not alone and on our own or fearful or wondering what to do. We have the greater one living on the inside of us. In Genesis 49 and verse 10, it was prophesied that he would come from the tribe of Judah. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he comes to whom it belongs. And the obedience of the nations is his. You know, in the news the past few weeks, there have been quite a few stories about religious leaders saying, well, Jesus would do this, and Jesus would do that. But they don't know the Jesus of the Bible. The Bible tells us that he's coming to rule with a rod of iron. But people don't know the one who is coming. He's coming to rule. He's coming to reign. In Matthew 1, 1 through 3, we see that Jesus is indeed descended from Judah. So he worked together with his father, just like you and I must. He worked together in connection with his father. And he, he needed the help of his father, just like you and I, we, we need the help of our Father. Say, Father God is my partner. Say, He's my helper. Now, if you read the Bible and read the Old Testament, there are more than 300 
messianic promises in the Old Testament. And Jesus, who is the greatest goal setter who ever lived, he fulfilled every single one of them. There's not another faith or religion on planet Earth like Christianity. And this is why in college or in liberal seminaries, professors do everything they can to destroy the faith of students and to destroy their faith and their confidence in the Word of God. The great majority of biblical prophecy has already been fulfilled, and the rest of it will be fulfilled. Every single word will come to pass. And regarding Jesus and the Old Testament, there are more than 300 messianic promises, and Jesus fulfilled them all, every single one. The Bible tells us in the Old Testament that he was to bruise Satan's head. He was to be Abraham's seed and to bless all nations. He was to be a priest in the order of Melchizedek. He was to be a king. He was to have the Last Supper. He was to be the seed of Isaac. He was to be the Lamb of God who was promised. He was to be Isaac's seed and to bless all nations. He was to be the seed of Isaac promised, the Redeemer. He was to be the seed of Judah. He was to be called Shiloh, or the sent one. He was to be known as the great I Am. He was to be a lamb without blemish. He wa it was to be his blood, the blood of the lamb that saves us from wrath. He was to be our Passover, our Passover lamb. Not a bone of the lamb was to be broken, even though he was to be tortured. He was to be exalted and lifted up. He was to be holy the spiritual rock of Israel. He was to be merciful. He was to suffer outside the camp. He was to give of his life's blood. It was to be his blood that makes atonement for our sins. As the serpent on the pole was lifted up by Moses in the desert, so Jesus was to be lifted up, the Bible says, before all men. He was to be a prophet to the children of Israel. He was to be sent by the Father to speak his Father's word. He was to bear the curses of the world because he was to hang on a tree. He was to be the Christ, our kinsman, the kinsman redeemer, because he was to redeem us. He was to be David's seed, the son of God. He was to establish David's house forever. He was to ascend bodily into heaven. He was to reign on the throne of David forever. He was to be the son of God, and God his father. He was to rise from the dead. He was to draw the enmity, the hatred of kings. He was to be anointed, the Christ of God. He was to be the beloved son. He was to be crucified and then to rise from the dead. Life was to come through faith in him, eternal life, the Zoe life of God. In the mouths of babes, his praise was to be perfected. He was to be both humiliated and exalted. He was not to see corruption. He was to rise from the dead. He was to be forsaken because of the sins of others. He was to be mocked at his death. He was to be born the savior of the world. He was to die of a broken or a ruptured heart. He was to suffer agony on Calvary's cross. He was to thirst. His hands were to be pierced along with his feet and his side. He was to be stripped and humiliated before the stairs of men. 
soldiers were to gamble for his garments. He was to commit himself to God. His heel was to be bruised by Satan. He was to be the good shepherd. He was to rise from the dead. In the time of his affliction, his acquaintances were to flee from him, to abandon him. False witnesses were to rise up against him. He was to be hated without cause. At his death, his friends were to stand afar off, like Peter, to deny him. His delight was to be in doing the will of the Father. He was to preach righteousness in Israel. He was to be confronted by his adversaries in the garden. He was to be betrayed by a familiar friend, by someone close to him. Words of grace were to come from his lips. He was to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. He was to be called the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. He was to be betrayed by a friend, not an enemy. The Bible says he was to give gifts unto men. He was to ascend into heaven, to sit down at the right hand of God. He was to be hated without reason. He was to be zealous for the Lord's house. He was to be in anguish, great anguish in his soul before his crucifixion. Great people were to visit him. All nations were and are to be blessed by him. He was to teach in parables. He was to speak the wisdom and the word of God with authority. He was to be faithful. He was to be good. He was to suffer and to experience the reproach, the shame, the scandal of Calvary. He was to be ridiculed. He was to ascend to the right hand of the Father. He was to be a priest after the order of Melchizedek. He was to be compassionate and gracious. The stone the builders rejected that has now become the cornerstone, the rock of our faith, the rock of our lives. He was to be the blessed one of Israel. He was to be lovely. His parables were to fall on deaf ears. The people of Israel were to be blinded to Christ and deaf to his words. He was to be born of a virgin. He was to be called Emmanuel, God with us. He was to be a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. His ministry was to begin in Galilee. He was to be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He was to establish an everlasting kingdom and to be heir to the throne of David. He was to be just and anointed by the Spirit. He was to be both wisdom and understanding. He was to be truth. He was to be sought out by Gentiles. He was to be called Jesus or Yeshua, Joshua. He was to be the precious cornerstone. The wise were and are to be confounded by his word. He was and is to be a refuge, a hiding place. He was to have a ministry of miracles, healing the blind, the deaf, the lame, the mute. He was to be a shepherd, a compassionate life giver. He was to be a servant, a faithful and patient redeemer. He was to be meek and lowly. He was not to strive or cry out. He was to bring hope for the hopeless. He was and is to be the light, the salvation of the Gentiles, the light of the world. He was to open blind eyes. He was to be a teacher. He was and is to be despised by the Jews. He was to give his back to the smiters. He was to be smitten or struck on his cheeks. He was to be spat upon. He was to publish good tidings of peace. He was to be the servant shockingly abused. His blood was to be shed to make atonement for all. 
His own people were not to believe him. He was to grow up in a poor family. He was to have the appearance of an ordinary man. He was to be despised, to be rejected. He was to know great sorrow and grief. Men were to hide from being associated with him. He was to bear our sicknesses and to have a healing ministry. He was to bear the sins of the world. He was to have thought to have been cursed by God. He was to bear the penalty for our transgressions. His sacrifice was to provide peace between man and God, peace between us and God. His back was to be whipped. He was to bear the sins of all mankind. God's will was that he bear the sins for all of mankind. He was to be oppressed and afflicted. He was to be silent before his accusers. He was to be the sacrificial lamb. He was to be confined and persecuted. He was to be judged and murdered. He was to die for the sins of the world. He was to be buried in a rich man's grave. He was to be innocent and to have done no violence. The Bible says that no deceit would be found in his mouth. He was to rise from the dead and to live forever, ever, ever interceding for those who believe in him. He was to give up his life to save humanity. He was to be crucified with criminals. He was and is to be the intercessor between man and God. He was to come to Zion, to Jerusalem, to the city of God as our Redeemer. The Spirit of God was to be upon him. He was to preach good news to the poor, the brokenhearted, and the captives. He was to preach good news, to provide freedom from the bondage of sin and death. He was to be both God and man. He was to be born of a virgin. He was to ascend into heaven. He was to be highly exalted. He was to die for the sins of the world. He was to be called out of Egypt, and he was to, de to defeat and to conquer death. He was to offer salvation for all of us. The Bible says that he was to be born in Bethlehem, that he would be called the servant of God, both priest and king, that he would be greeted with rejoicing in Jerusalem, that he was to be a king, that he was to be just, that he was to bring salvation, that he was to be humble, that he would ride into Jerusalem riding a donkey, that he would be despised and rejected of men, that he would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver, that he would be pierced and wounded for our transgressions, that he would die a violent death, that he would be the messenger of a new covenant, that he would come in the spirit of Elijah, and that he would turn many to righteousness. And every word, every single word about Jesus has come to pass. As I said, the great majority of Bible prophecy, it has been fulfilled. And what has not yet been fulfilled, it will soon be fulfilled. Every word about Jesus, more than 300 prophecies in the Old Testament, they have all come to pass. Everyone in a generation of lies, let us declare without apology that every prophecy about Jesus has come to pass. It has all come to pass. When Moses had fled home, he was living and hiding, shepherding. He saw a bush that did not burn up. And he went to inquire to see what was going on. Who are you? I am that I am. 
And John tells us in John chapter 1 that the Word became flesh and He made His dwelling among us. And He is the light. John tells us the life, the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, though the darkness does not understand it. Jesus is the great I am. He said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. He who believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus said, I am the gate. I am the door, the way. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Jesus said, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it will be even more fruitful. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Doesn't matter what the world says. Doesn't matter what the world believes. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And he said, no one comes to the Father except through me. The Bible says in Revelation that Jesus is the Lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. When they falsely accused him and arrested him and brought Jesus before the religious leaders and before the high priest, mocking him, hitting him, bringing people to falsely testify against him, the high priest said to Jesus, tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said, yes, it is as you say. But I say to all of you, in the future, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Jesus is coming back. He is coming back for his bride, the church, a bride without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And then after a time of judgment upon the earth, unlike anything the world has ever seen, Jesus said in Matthew and Luke that if the days were not short, no one, no one could survive it. After those days, he will come riding a white horse, wearing a robe, dipped in blood, the sword coming out of his mouth, which is the word of God. And the Bible tells us that he will rule with the rod of iron. To the church at Ephesus, the apostle Paul wrote, redeem the time because the days are evil. Now, Austin, what do I do at the end of 2021? What do I do in 2022? Redeem the time because the days are evil. Jesus said that when he returns, the days here on the earth will be like the days of Noah. And he said when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? People who believe in him, people who believe his word, not the word of man. All around us, we see example after example of people who will do anything unsaved men and women say to do. Yet how many people have faith in God? How many people have faith in his word? How many people are living wholeheartedly for Jesus? How many people are putting him and his word first? 
To the church at Ephesus, the apostle Paul wrote, redeem the time because the days are evil. And he said, awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead and Christ shall give thee light. No one in history set more goals and achieved all of his goals than the Lord Jesus Christ. By the Holy Spirit, he moved upon the prophets of old to prophesy about his life and ministry. Being God and being perfect, every single prophecy had to come to pass, more than 300. Unlike you and me, with the Messiah, there was no room for error or excuse making. And as Hebrews tells us, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Please bow your heads. You might be here today and perhaps you have never given your life to Jesus. You have never accepted the great gift that he has given you. Of course, when we talk about Christmas, many people think of Christmas as a time for giving and receiving gifts, and it is. But the greatest gift in the history of the world was the gift that God gave us in his son, Jesus Christ. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, any man, any woman, any boy, any girl, whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. This world that we live in, it is lying to us every single day. This world that we're living in, it would have us believe that we can save ourselves. That if we'll do what some ungodly person tells us, we can save ourselves, friend. The Bible tells us that we have all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. We are all in need of a Savior. And His name, His name is Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you're here today and say, Austin, I've never given him my life. I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, but I want to. I want to give him my life. I want to become a part of the family of God. That's you this morning. Wherever you're seated, raise your hand so I'll know you want me to pray with you. Say, Austin, pray with me. I want to ask Jesus into my heart. I want to ask him to be my Lord and Savior. I want to give him my life. You might also be here this morning and at one time you walked an aisle, you prayed a prayer, but you know in your heart you've not been living for the Lord. You have been doing your own thing. Friend, you need to do what the Apostle Paul said. You need to redeem the time you have because the days are evil. Maybe you've been asleep. Maybe you've not been paying attention. Maybe you've been oblivious, clueless to what is going on in the world around us. The Apostle Paul said, 
awake, thou that sleepest, and Christ shall give thee light. In 1 John, John tells us that if we claim to be in Christ, yet walk in the darkness, we lie, we are deceived, and there is no truth in us. He is the life and the light of men and women. And if we're going to follow him, if we're going to live for him, if we are going to be found ready when he comes, we must walk in the light. The Bible tells us the mercies of God are new every morning. And John, in 1 John, he writes that if we confess our sins, he's faithful, he's just, to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can have a new beginning. You can have a fresh start. If you're here today and say, Austin, that's me. I, I want to leave today knowing I have peace with God. I want to recommit my life. I want to make things right with God before I leave the day. If that's you, raise your hand wherever you're seated so I'll know you want me to pray with you. Say, Austin, pray with me. I want to recommit my life. I want to make things right with the Lord. But you might be watching online, listening online now or later. You've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You know in your heart you've not been living for the Lord. You've been doing your own thing. And you don't have peace about your eternal destination. Pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of my sins. I give my life to you. I believe that Jesus was born on my behalf. I believe that he lived without sin. And I believe that he took my sins upon himself, that he paid the price I deserve to pay, that he suffered and he died on my behalf. And I believe you raised him from the dead. And from this day forward, he will live in me. I ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I give you my life. I ask that you would set me free of anything that would hinder me in living for you. Thank you for welcoming me into your family. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So if you were watching or listening online and prayed with me, we'd love to hear about it. Go to fccarlington.com slash salvation to let us know there's a short form and we don't want anything from you if you fill out that short form we'll send you a copy of my father's book god's very own child in english or in spanish to be a blessing to you to help you get started in living the christian life well, i hope the message today was an encouragement and a blessing to you you know man Mankind, humanity, they're, they're changing what they believe every single day. God's word is constant. God's word is unchanging. And we can have confidence in his word. And the Bible says that not a single word will be void, but it will all be fulfilled. It shall all come to pass. And so our confidence in these days should be in God and his word. Amen. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. 
Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.